0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you all are having an absolutely fantastic day today, and I encourage all of y'all to continue to stay positive and encourage your friends and family. Continue to be there for one another. And I was reading last night and I was going over some verses, and one of the ones that has always been a staple in my life, everybody pretty much knows it but sometimes you've got to repeat it to yourself and that's Philippians 413 that's I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me always remember that when you're pushing through something or you're driving through something remember majority of cases everything is temporary for the most part when you're going through something it's usually temporary when you're going through something great it's Usually temporary. There's always ups and downs. There will never be a consistent, stable plateau throughout your entire life. I promise you that. You will not meet one single person that says everything has been the same all the time, my entire life. Nothing has changed one single bit. Because there's always constant external variables that are changing. There's constant choices that you're making, that certain decisions have certain consequences, some of them better than others. And so always remember anything you're going through, it's usually temporary. And continue to drive through it. And if it's something you're trying to work through. it, something you're trying to fight through. It's something you're struggling through. Look at different options and always try to rely on a good base. Always try to have good friends and family to support you. And by all means, always have God almighty running your back because he always protects your six. He always has you. And whenever you need that peace, just continue to pray. You know, over the weekend, I was talking to dad, he was at church and he was talking about this one song and there's multiple people who have sung it's the great I am. And it's one of those songs that, I mean, it's, I mean, when you hear it and, I mean, you turn it up and it's right, I mean, it's it's an intense song. It'll shake you up. And uh, that's always a good song to fall back on to, and you really need to feel that peace and connection sometimes. Just just a word of encouragement this morning. And, of course, if you guys need anything at all, be sure to give us a call at healthmasters.com and check out the rig sale we're running right now. I wanted to do it as the fall's coming in, and I know a lot of people are continuing to stock up and get ready for whatever's going to start coming in the next couple months, especially with this new (laughs) untested, unvetted Unproven new RNA injection from Pfizer that the FDA rubber stamped last week, giving a carte blanche immunity to be injected into the population, 171 million doses. And they're not even releasing the mice studies. By the way, I've tried to find this now. They're not even. They're still not even releasing what they found in the mice studies. Much less they did zero human studies. So the D3 10,000 with K2, as you guys know, extremely important, crucial nutrient in the body. Be sure to check it out right now. On sale for a limited time for 25% off. That's a huge sell on that product. I normally don't do it, but I just got a huge shipment in for everybody for the fall and I know everybody needs to stay healthy and strong in order to continue to speak the truth and stand up for the fight. So continue to stay strong, my friends. I appreciate all of your support. And what's interesting is, you know, I've watched this more and more research now is continuing to come out. And this is what boggles my mind that people are actually injecting their children with this stuff or people are actually going to get this fifth booster shot. A new study was just published in the New England Journal of Medicine, showing not only that the effectiveness of the Pfizer COVID vaccine becomes negative, but the vaccine actually destroys any protection a person has from natural immunity. The study was a large observational study that looked at 887,193 children aged 5 to 11 of whom 273,157 received at least one dose of the Pfizer vaccine between November 1st, 2021 and June 3rd, 2022. The reason the researchers used a form of statistical modeling with adjustments for confounding factors such as underlying conditions to calculate estimates of vaccine effectiveness over time and against the COVID variants. Now, it's interesting about this, and I'll put this study on the website so you can look at it. All the graphs are absolutely horrible. They're horrible. And what happens is, Within the first dose you see this big spike in what they declare is protection, which in my opinion I think is you know, just a massive immunity response because basically your white blood cell and your immune system is going. AWOL. So you have this alleged immune protection, when in reality, the testing on it, in my opinion, is simply the body going into complete and total immune shocks, allegedly. You know, that's basically what it's doing. And it goes on to say here in chart A, the green and blue lines representing children vaccinated November, December, go through zero into negative territory at a sharp gradient within just five months. Of the first injection. It's unclear why the green line. Does not continue past April. As the researchers had the data. <laughs> of what it shows. The vaccine effectiveness. Continues to decline steeply. To negative territory. What this means is. Right after the shot. There's this massive immune response. Because of what they're injecting in. With the RNA and everything else. That's in this. So the immune system is like. Spazzing out. It's going into override. You're basically putting your immune system. On amphetamines. Everything's just maxed out to the tilt and then shortly i mean shortly thereafter within like two weeks there's this massive drop off in the immune system and it continues to drop off continues to drop off and then by like the 20 week mark it's going into massive negative territory and it continues to decline and that's what they're saying in the chart here they had data going into june 2022 all the way into june but they stop it on the chart at april why is that Well, if you look at the chart, it's going nosedive by the time it gets to April into negative territory, all the way to negative 20 effectiveness rate, meaning, and by the way, guys, this was in the study on vaccinated and children that were vaccinated with natural immunity that had antibodies. Both of them go at almost the same speed at the same gradient on the graph scale, meaning even children that had a natural immunity towards COVID after they get this shot, Within a few short months, their ability to actually have an effective immune system and effective immunity since COVID goes into the negative range all the point, all the way to where they shut off the data in April when it went all the way into June. And April is negative 20%, negative 20% over baseline, which is zero. So what they're saying here in this research study is that not only does vaccinated children – not have any type of significant protection because it goes into natural realm, children that actually had a natural immunity and had already caught COVID and then weren't injected with this sludge now also have no effective immunity whatsoever. This is exactly what I warned and I told everybody about for the last two years, and so is dad. This shot is not designed just to cause negative side effects. I think that is the secondary factor. That's kind of the bug causing part of the problem. I think this shot was designed to be a main, main precursor to massively degrade the immune system. I was talking to a really good friend of ours who was over at dad's house the other day. I've grown up with her. She has both her kids, and uh, one of them's three and a half, or th- I think two and a half, almost three. The other one's like one and a half. And she was saying, you know, she didn't know a lot about shots with the first child, and the first child got a couple shots and had a lot of basically health problems. It was getting sick a lot. And then she woke up, and we talked to her a lot, and she didn't inject her newest child, who's a year and a half old son, super smart kid. They're both brilliant. And uh, both super smart, super super gorgeous kids. And but she said though, she goes one thing she has noticed is that the child, the year and a half year old boy that hasn't been shot up, he seems to not get sick like hardly at all. You know, I mean he had a couple ear infections basically from you know probably getting water in or something like that from swimming. But overall. Completely healthy. And both of them are still extremely healthy now. And I told her, I said, isn't it crazy? And I said, I've watched this literally dozens of times. I said, how you can have two children and do two, two different families. And I've watched this. One child will get fully vaccinated with their family. Another child with another family will have no shots. And I said, and you watch them and you'll watch and see the one child continues to get sicker and sicker and sicker and sicker. And sicker constantly at the doctor's office constantly on antibiotics constantly having the doctor want to take their adenoids and their tonsils out and do all kinds of crazy stuff to them and they constantly get sicker and then you have other children that don't get any shots and they virtually don't get sick i mean they'll get a runny nose or they'll get a cold or a cough or something like that don't get me wrong that's part of building natural immunity in the world but overall they're extremely healthy and it's interesting because as you watch this happen You try to talk to people the best you can, and I I say it with all sincerity because I really, really want this younger generation to be as strong and as healthy as possible. And now you're seeing, and this is crazy, this new study that just came out also again, the CDC has now basically admitted that the post-vaccine myocarditis that were labeled COVID misinformation last year, if you remember that, are totally legit. When reports first surfaced in 2022, the cases of myocarditis, extreme inflammation of the heart muscle, and were leading to blood clots and heart attacks and strokes were associated with COVID-19 vaccine. The corporate media and the fact checkers were quick to label anything misinformation, saying the benefits of the vaccine were completely safe and effective, and everybody needed to get it. Last year, the media can no longer deny it what they called misinformation because essentially data has been showing that the vaccine associated myocarditis in young men is extremely well established. Well now according to the vaccine safety data link, From from surveillance data from the CDC conducted this year, within a week of receiving dose two primary series of the Pfizer vaccine, there were already 14 verified extreme myocarditis cases among males aged 16 to 11. Among the nearly 12 to 15 young males who received the same series, 31 cases were confirmed within one week of getting the shot you hear what I'm saying guys 12 to 15 year olds who received the shot within one week there were 31 reported cases of extreme myocarditis that were linked and directly linked to the COVID shot now you have to remember this for a second this is 31 cases that doctors admitted the myocarditis was directly linked to the Pfizer shot now you have to understand from the VAERS report and other reports that we know and just normal accounting of health effects the vast majority of children that may have minor pericarditis or myocarditis that come in or basically come in and basically say, I'm having a little bit of health issues. The vast majority of doctors will not relate it to the shot at all. You can ask any person that's dealt with pediatricians. They will not relate it. So the fact that they're admitting that 31 kids within the first week of getting the shot had extreme myocarditis within 12 to 15 years of age shows you right there this is not safe. And what goes on the reports here is based on a schedule of in a million children, they're stating that 150.5 children out of a million in that age group have experienced Myocarditis now it's inner or, or basically experience myocarditis. Now what's interesting about this is the same numbers. Again, like I said, mass majority of admitting this and actually re- reporting it are slim to none, usually one to 2% according to the VAERS reporting system. So when you look at the CDC is now telling you that 150 kids out of a million ages 12 to 15 are experiencing severe myocarditis after the shot within one week, they're admitting to that. That means that probably these numbers are upwards of 15,000 if you actually do the real numbers on them. Now, what's scary about this is, and I've told you this before, myocarditis is not a joke. Pericarditis is not a joke. I've had it before. Myocarditis is much more severe. And when you look at the research and long-term health aspects of myocarditis survivors and cardiac patients that have experienced this, their life expectancy is slim as far as when they get older, unless they have an extreme healing of this. Because remember – Cardiac muscle is different than any other muscle in the body, completely different. The cardiac muscle, you can't just take a day off and say, you know what, like I tore my bicep muscle. I'm going to hang it on a sling and let it heal up for six weeks, and I'm going to let it go. Cardiac muscle doesn't do that. The cardiac muscle stops, the rest of the body stops. So this is very, very serious, this report that came out from the CDC, and again, it shows you. Why I have been so adamant and dad has been so adamant about talking about this and getting the truth out there because ironically enough, the more research that comes out, the worse this shot gets. But yet we still have the administration and everybody in social media that are running the show like Facebook and Instagram telling you this is misinformation if you talk about it. When literally the CDC itself and other reports, just like out of the New England Journal of Medicine, are showing not only does this shot not give you any type of immunity, it gives you negative immune response, which means it makes you more predisposed to get sick and catch COVID within five months of getting the shot. And if you get the shot, it's highly likely you're going to get myocarditis. You're shooting dice with this thing, man. Then you're not playing for 10 or 20 bucks. You're playing for your heart. So get the truth out there, my friends. Continue to stay strong and spread the truth, the real truth that is setting people free. Thank you again for your support. What do you think, Deb?
1: Uh, you know, Austin, the VAERS report is extremely damaging to the case of these these death shots, clot shots, myocarditis shots that cause all this stuff. Uh, the problem is, you know, you never, ever hear mainstream media. I'm talking Fox, CBS, NBC, anybody talk about VARES. And you're exactly right. The vares is about 1%. So basically, if you get one person who's being reported, you've got 100 more that actually have not been reported. So if you, if you get 10, you're going to have a 1,000 more. And so, you know, we're talking tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people over the world, tens of millions of people that have had adverse reactions to these shots, not to mention the children. And the biggest problem with these young children, especially if they go all the way down to six months with this, is the children can't talk. We've mentioned this before. They can't tell you they've got a problem with their heart. They can't tell you they've got extreme chest pain. They're just screaming and crying. It's like a nightmare from the pit. And yet these parents are still doing this because they're completely and totally blind to what's going on as far as the reality because they don't do anything but listen to mainstream news. And the mainstream news is just continuing to promote you know, the narrative that they've been pushing on us from this cabalist rhetoric for the last hundred years. It's unreal. Got a real good letter for, at the uh, Ask Dr. Ted B at yahoo.com. Got a, I've got a bunch of good letters, by the way. I mean, you know, I've had hundreds and hundreds of letters, but uh, this is this is from Kevin. He's up in Canada, and he called me his pastor, which I was really humbled by that. And he goes, I send greetings to you, Dr. Ted, and your wonderful son, Austin. And he goes, I live in the Ontario, Canada area, and I've been listening to your voices since 2016, especially on the Rents Radio Network, but I now follow you on Global Star. First of all, I'd like to offer you my condolences. And he goes on to say, let me be clear here. I was not a Christian when I started listening to you in Austin. I went through my own personal hell with cancer in the process, treatment, surgeries, and quote death. I put that in quotes because I do believe I was dead and I was brought back. All this happened in 2020 with COVID. And I want to thank you guys. When you send me letters, this is a really good one. And he talked about the show and how much it means to him. And he said, I want to express my gratitude for just being there. And he goes, I listen to your voice almost every day. And gives me strength like no pastor I've ever had. When I found myself alone, and indeed I am still alone, you and Austin were right there, and I've often wanted to reach out to you, but I didn't know how to because I had no contact email. And, and I'm not going to read any more. This is a long letter, and Kevin, I want to thank you for sending this. It's, it's one of the best letters that I've received, and, and he was just so thankful to the fact that this talk show has basically reached out and touched him in the way it has up in Canada, especially with all the stuff that's been going on in Canada, with all the lockdowns they've been having in Canada and all the nonsense that's going on in Canada. And, and we're, I got to talk for just a second to you guys right now. I've got to step back into this LGBTQ groomer roundup. Uh, this is a Zero Hedge article, and it says one fifth of Generation Z is now queer. The entire second grade class spontaneously changes their pronouns. You know, here's the thing. You know, we got to realize something here. This groomer, transphobic, you know, quote-unquote, they call it hate speech or whatever, uh, these people are out there going after our children while they're still in a the theta brainwave state, and this theta brainwave state basically is allowing these children to be open to suggestion of who they are and what they are. I remember years ago, I was talking to a lady who was a school teacher and our kids were basically in this kindergarten, one of them was, and I remember they asked us to come in and talk about you know, you know, the traveling that we had done you know, with the children, and it was funny to me too because this it, is really strange. I asked the kids, they're, you know, they're like five, six years old, and I, I asked them, I said, how many of you guys have traveled to Europe with your family? And everybody raised their hands, <laughs> I mean, every one of them. And I later asked the kindergarten teacher, I said, how many of these kids have really traveled to Europe? She goes, probably none of them. She goes, they always do that. When you ask them a question, they always raise their hand and they always agree. That's because of the theta brainwave state. And we've got to understand that. If we don't understand that particular portion of a child's development, then we don't think it's really that big of a deal that these basically these people are, you know, grooming our children. Here's, an, here's another one. A Texas teacher who was fired for telling students don't judge people for wanting to have sex with five-year-olds and asking them to call pedophiles minor attracted persons in a disturbing classroom clip posted to TikTok. A high school teacher who appeared to defend pedophilia to her students has been fired by her Texas school board. And to my response, good riddance. In an 18-second click uploaded to TikTok, Franklin High School teacher Amber Parker is heard urging her students to call pedophiles minor-attracted persons. Parker, 53, taught English at an El Paso school. The school district was immediately informed of the incident, and an investigation was launched leading to Parker's suspension and subsequent firing. Now, this is the perversion that's basically encompassed of school systems. And I could go into more and more detail with it, but I'm not going to go more into the school systems. But, you know, we have people like Little Noss and vitamin water now and Coca-Cola. And Little Noss is the one that did the full Kabbalah video of the snake crawling up the tree of life. And people are trying to understand what's happening from a global standpoint. The biggest problem that we have right now is, the, is that the church is so asleep. And now I've got to talk for one second. I'm going to meddle for a minute. I'm going to tell you some personal experiences that happened to me just yesterday. Yesterday morning, for the first time, I decided to go back to church, and I attended a really, really good church in uh, Plant City. I mean, I got some good friends who live up there, and I, I went over there, and we, uh, we sat there, and the first song they played was The Great I Am, which also mentioned earlier. And I was sitting there just basically in tears because, you know, death is a lie. It starts off with that, and it's true because we just move on to another phase of our life when we go to heaven with God. And the point is this. I had a great time in church. But the pastor, he talked a little bit about 9-11, but he never really went into detail about it. He never really got into detail on who was involved in 9-11. He never mentioned Building 7. Uh, He never mentioned a whole lot of stuff. But, of course, it was the church, and it was 9-11, and he was covering some of that, which I really thought that was pretty good. But the reality is he's, he's a really good speaker and it's a really good church. However, I've never heard him go into detail as far as what's happening from a Christian standpoint in the entire planet right now. Now, don't get me wrong. He may have done that. He may have, but I haven't heard him do it, nor have I heard very few other pastors do it. And so the question here is that should pastors basically talk about other things than just biblical things? Uh, Yesterday afternoon, I went to a really good Bible study, and I was, you know, giving my perspective on different questions about the rebuilding of the temple, you know, after the Babylonian exile with, with Habakkuk and Nehemiah. And I basically was basically making a lot of comments because I was interjecting the fact that we had a talk show and we talk about this kind of stuff on an ongoing basis. And, and it's not that the people weren't responsive because they were. What was interesting to me was the fact that everybody was looking at me like I was like from another planet. And when I started talking about this stuff, you could tell there was no idea of what I was talking about. And, and one of them actually started promoting and talking about Disney World. And I just bit my tongue, and then a few minutes later I said something about you know, DeSantis has signed the anti-grooming bill because of what Disney did. And, <laughs> <Yep>. and, they, <laughs> and, and they just looked at me funny again. It's like they're not being told from the pulpit that this is happening. And then we started talking about the temple. And then it also said that the Jews were basically intermarrying with the Canaanites and that this was forbidden. And they wanted them to distolve their marriages. And, and then I mentioned, well, by the way, the Canaanite religion, I studied that a lot. So it was, it was kind of strange because the simplest stuff that we talk about on the show was like something very, very strange to the people at the meeting. Now, the people that were extremely nice, I mean, I love them. They were all great people. But they haven't been taught. And they start talking about how it's important to change the things that we do as a church to bring in new people in today's environment, that singing of the old hymns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in churches is not what the young people want. But that the change, the, but going in and doing things differently basically is just as important, but you have to maintain the consistency of the Word of God. And then I mentioned, well, you know, the Bible says the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I mind you, I understand that, you know, a lot of the old songs, you know, were used at funerals, et cetera, and they really aren't that uplifting and edifying. I got that, okay? But then I also mentioned at the meeting yesterday that the song Holy, Holy, Holy is one of the greatest hymns ever written, ever. And so it was back and forth with all of this stuff, and then the church was talking about setting new goals and new views, et cetera, et cetera, for the church itself. And they had to maintain consistency of the word. Well, then I, said, then I said to him, I said, well, what about the transgender issues in the schools? What about the of brainwave state these children are in? What about the fact that these children don't know and don't have a filter when they're from the ages of four to eight, and these children are being told that they're transgenders or gays or whatever you want to call them, and they basically are believing all of this stuff? And again, they kind of looked at me kind of funny. They didn't disagree with me, but you could tell it was something that was never, ever brought up to them as far as from a scriptural, scriptural standpoint. And I, so I want to say – I want to cover something very quickly. I mean should preachers only talk about biblical topics from the pulpit? I mean, if you've got gays in the church or you've got transgenders in the church and they're trying to groom the young children in the church, should the pastor say something about this? Like, it's not okay. I mean, is there a point here where you allow pedophiles to come into the church and basically have their pedophile meetings, I guess, and, and talk about the grooming of the young children and telling you know, the entire second-grade class that they're girls and boys and change their pronouns, and we're not going to say anything to the church? How far does the church be pushed? I mean, should politics be discussed? My answer is always yes, but you've got to tell the whole story. If you're going to discuss candidates in the church, tell their beliefs, both good and bad. You know, talk about the abortion, talk about the gays, talk about unkept promises. Re- remain but remain nonpartisan. That's okay to do that too. So if you want to roll out the Democrats, the Democrats roll them out. Tell them what they believe: pro-abortion, pro-gay, pro-homo. All right. You may re- bring the Republican out. I mean, Trump is still out there pushing kill shots. I mean, we got to just tell the truth. You know, remember many of these people in the church that believe the pastors. You know really don't care about them because they lost a lot of their jobs because of the vaccines. They died, a lot of them and their family members, from the vaccines, and they were persecuted for the vaccines. And still to this day, we have medical offices that are still requiring vaccines here in the state of Florida. I was told that this morning. Pastors in many cases are ignoring the persecution of the church by ignoring the evil and the evil politics and all of these people that are doing this to the people in 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 the United States and pretending like it's not happening. Because they're saying they're above any of this because they're preaching the gospel of Christ. Well, the gospel of Christ is very important. I preach it on, on the show on an ongoing basis, but I will tell you all the other stuff that's going on. Then they get confused by Romans, and they won't address these quote-unquote non-biblical edicts that, these, that the government puts out that's completely contrary to the word of God and how we as Christians do not have to obey that. We can stand against that. And then we have to ask ourselves this, why, are the pastors, why aren't the pastors at the school board meetings and protesting the cultural Marxism, the transgenders, the gays, the indoctrination of these children? Why are the pastors not out there? I, mean, I can answer that question pretty simply. They don't want to have the gay lobby and the gay groups coming out front of their churches and basically protesting with signs. Well, why don't they want to have that happen? Why do they not want to show the community where they're standing? Why are they not willing to step into controversy? You know, The thing about it is, is this. You know, faith and fear are mutually exclusive. You can't have both. If a person has faith, they're not going to have fear because if the fear is the mind killer, it destroys your faith. You can't do that. You've got to be willing to step out and take hold of what God has given you without sitting back and being scared all the time. You know, the government—they're going to sooner or later require complete compliance. Nobody's going to be able to be neutral. You're going to have to do what they tell you to do, or they're going to basically haul you off into a doggone FEMA camp, which, aka, you know, concentration camp. You know, you'll be given sermon topics to be able to speak about in your churches, and you won't be able to breach those, or they will close your church down if we allow this to continue. Your churches and your sermons are going to be monitored and controlled. This is where it's headed. We're going to George Orwell, 1984, in warp speed. Of course, that was kind of a little pun towards Donald Trump. But if you focus on the woke members of your church, you're going to lose everything that counts. You're going to lose your freedom. You're going to lose your faith. You're going to lose your life. You're going to lose it all. If all you want to do is speak to woke people, you got a bunch of gays sitting on the front of church pew because you've allowed gays to come into the church without repentance, and you've allowed them to have openly homosexual lifestyles in the church or openly homosexual on the platform singing songs. And you say it's okay. God loves them too. Well, God loves everybody. That's a fact. But he finds that lifestyle abhorred. It talks about that in the book of Romans. So should that mean you should put that person into a leadership role? The, the answer is absolutely not. And you should continue to speak against what's going on in the church if you see things that you don't shouldn't be there.
0: Now, one thing that dad's kind of talking about, and I'll let him get back into a minute here, is that it's extremely <laughs> crucial that everybody continue to not necessarily try to cause conflict with one another, but continue to talk about topics that. I guess you could say now are kind of forbidden because as we start moving more into this movement of this this cancel culture, this woke movement, this misinformation on anything that they don't deem appropriate or deem safe to say – it's going to start happening more and more, and it won't just happen on social media platforms. It won't just happen in the Hollywood culture. It's going to start being very prevalent in the Christian culture, and that's what it is now. You don't, they don't want anybody to say anything that's going to be offensive from the Bible. They don't want anybody to say anything that may get somebody rattled up about what they talk about in the Old Testament or the New Testament. This is for a very specific reason. They don't want people talking about biblical principles. When you start talking about biblical principles and right and wrong and ethics and morals and sin, and what you should do and what you shouldn't do, people are going to get upset. There is 100% guarantee about that because you're going to hit some nerves. And some people are going to be doing stuff they don't want to get called out about. And I get it. We all got certain things we got to work on. There is no question about that whatsoever. None of us are perfect. We are all sinners and fallen short of the glory of God. 100%. That is a guarantee. And so what happens is, though, is we can't allow ourselves to get into this lifestyle or this area to where – We start self-censoring on everything because that's what they're doing now. They want people to self-censor on the topics of gay marriage, right? That's what it was 10, 12 years ago. You can't talk about gay marriage. It's protected right. They can marry whoever they want. And we all said, okay, whatever. I don't agree with it. Don't care about it. Whatever. Well, then they came in and said, well, by the way, if a guy wants to use a girl's bathroom, he can do that now too. You can't say anything about it. Now I was very vocal about that. I'm not going to lie. Then they came in and said, well, by the way, this doesn't matter anymore. If a guy wants to use a girl's bathroom, now – little jimmy at six years old can change his gender in class and his pronouns whenever he wants well that wasn't enough then they came in and they said well the teachers need to start teaching the children that they have the ability to do this which completely goes against any and all scientific laws and the laws of nature it goes against laws of nature but it doesn't matter this is what you can do now you can't say anything against it and if you notice every time they push a narrative they And I say this loosely in parentheses. They have the right, and I'm saying that sarcastically, to say whatever they want about that topic, promote that topic, push that topic, yell about that topic, cuss about that topic, promote that topic on any platform, and it's their right to do so. And if you say anything about that topic that is counter-narrative to what they say, immediately you're deemed a neo-Nazi, racist, skinhead, bigot, homophobe. Immediately. 100 percent done you're not allowed to say anything counter narrative to that this is complete and total bolshevism run amok this is marxism right out of the playbook you push a narrative anybody that questions a narrative is now the bad guy they're the terrorists, so to speak and this is exactly what dad's talking about in the church now a lot of churches have reached this point to where you bring something up about israel you bring something up about the old testament i've brought it up before and this is just historical history about the Israelites constantly sacrificing their children to Baal. It says repeatedly in the Old Testament, it's like 140 references to this, stop sacrificing your children and passing them to the altar of fire to Baal. Stop it, guys. It's not okay. This is why I went up and down. Now, that's historical history. It's right, wrong, doesn't matter. That's what it was back then. And so what's interesting is people a lot of times want to cherry-pick in the Bible what they want. They want to say the Bible is 100% whole, it's 100% perfect, it's 100% accurate. Okay, but we're not going to talk about these things. We're not going to talk about these references. We're not going to talk about these verses. We're only going to talk about these sections to make sure everybody only stays happy, 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 and nobody talks about the truth. Now, I'm all about staying positive. I'm all about talking about things that need to be talked about, and I'm all talk about goals, motivation, positivity, everything. But on the other hand, too, you also have to talk about the stuff that some people don't want to talk about. It's exactly what dad's talking about. So many people now – and I've gotten tons of emails. I just delete them where people get so mad and irate to me about Trump. Now, what's funny about this is there are 50,000 other problems that we could probably be in agreement on and probably be unified on, but yet certain people allow one singular topic, Trump to literally ruin an entire relationship in the fact of Trump's not going to do anything. News flash to everyone. He is not going to do anything to protect this country. He watched January 6th happen. He pardoned no one that is still currently in jail right now. Trump watched warp speed happen. He encouraged it. He processed it. He forced it. He promoted it to increase and allow Pfizer to go through very, very clinical Short clinical trials, the shortest in recorded history, to allow an RNA gene therapy shot to roll forward. Now, do I would I prefer? That Donald Trump was in office right now other than the bumbling buffoon Biden. 100%. Yes, I will agree with you on that. Just for the simple fact that I cannot stand to listen to the sitting president of the United States mumble and bumble and talk off teleprompter and literally has no idea where he is and shake hands with the air and walk around in circles on stage till his wife has to come in and coddle him off stage because he's so lost. That is embarrassing to me. So, yes, I can agree with you on the fact that would I rather see Trump putting out mean tweets and obnoxious stuff and being on stage and being basically obnoxious and saying things other than watching bumbling with food and Biden? Absolutely, 100 percent. I'll agree with you on that. Do I think anything differently would be really happening right now overall? No, I really don't. I think the banker boys run the country they've been very clear about that after 2008 when we watched them get almost a trillion dollars in bailouts and turn around and do the exact same thing that they did before and they're doing the exact same thing now. They are running the show. They have been running the country. Whoever controls the purse strings controls the money. Whoever controls the money runs the country. That's how it always is. It doesn't matter who makes the laws. It doesn't matter who you vote for in most cases. If they control the money, they control a lot. Now, we do have certain points where we have people like DeSantis who do stand up for our freedom and our rights, and they make a massive difference in what can currently happen. But you have to understand what if they're actually doing stuff or if they're actually running their mouth. DeSantis has put his money where his mouth is on dozens of occasions now down here in Florida. My biggest pet peeve, and I've told everybody this and they know my stance on it, that I got irritated about Trump, all he did was run his mouth in most cases. He really didn't do anything for the country. He said things, he put things in, he did help with the financial sector when it came to the oil industry and promoting that and allowing them to basically do what they needed to do. But again, What else are you going to do when you start coming in and telling people, well, we're going to take the guns and deal with due process later? Or we're going to tell ATF that they can go in and have a green light to ban an accessory stock on a rifle and now open up a full back door now to go in and start classifying anything they want as a class three weapon, which they're doing right now with pistol braces, which have been approved now for the last decade. Bump fire stocks were approved for the last decade, yet suddenly – Trump gives him the green light. There's a lot of things he did and a lot of things he didn't do. But again, everybody has to stop assuming that the president of the United States is the one that's going to change the entire country. This is the biggest thing that I told everybody this after Trump had the election stolen from him and bumbling the food and buying got set in power. Now is the point in time where people realize there is no white horse coming to the presidency. If it is to be, it's up to us from a state and local level to get involved, to get active and get proactive. And of course, by all means, continue to promote Jesus everywhere we go and continue to spread truth and righteousness. That is what it came down to because I watched so many American patriots turn into pacifists when Trump got in office. And I'm not going to lie. At the very beginning, we kind of sat back like, hey – Trump's going to save the day. We got him elected now. He beat the witch Hillary. Everything's good to go. And we all kind of sat back. Now I think everybody's gotten the very, very big boldface slap in the face to realize if it is to be, it's up to us as a patriot community with God at our back. Nobody's going to save the country overall. It's us at a state level to start making changes all the way up and continuing to get truth and righteousness out in the open and stop allowing the property of everybody and the voice of everybody to be censored because, well – You're told to do so for the greater good. I mean look what they're going on with Ukraine now. Now suddenly Ukraine has this massive bombing over the weekend. Suddenly they have this massive bombing. They're out of power again. And now suddenly, oh yes, Zelensky is now going to meet with the top military contractors in the entire country now, primarily in the U.S., with Lockheed Martin and so forth, and going to tell them they can invest in his country now and that they need more weapons, more supplies, more power. I am so sick of listening to that queer boy, idiot, moron, puppet talk. I cannot stand it. Ukraine is not the United States' problem. Are there good people in Ukraine? Absolutely. Are there Christians in Ukraine? Absolutely. Should we help them out if they need help? If they ask for help, we directly support them? Absolutely. Should we be sending $60 billion to Ukraine of U.S. taxpayer dollars? when We got Mississippi water plants that are failing right now. We got the electric power grid in a lot of states completely collapsing absolutely not under no circumstances if for our problems to get involved with unjust wars in other countries george washington was very clear about this this is not our problem to get involved in ukraine's not even part of nato give me a break but yet i, talk, I talked about over the weekend was watching the ufc fight on saturday night over at my buddy's house he had gotten it and uh some great fights some great high high, high energy fights at the end and um I was talking to. I said, "Isn't it funny?" I said, "How you can't say anything about Ukraine. If you say anything about Ukraine, you're automatically a racist, neo-Nazi skinhead." And one of my buddy's wife, she started laughing. At me. She goes, "You're dead right." She goes, "Majority of people right now, if you say anything bad, negative about Ukraine, suddenly, oh, we can't talk to you anymore." You're, you're not a Ukraine supporter. You don't sympathize with Ukraine. We can't talk to you anymore. And I said, it's all about division. You have to constantly keep coming up with more ways to divide people, divide people. You divide them by two, then you divide them by four, then you divide them by six, then you divide them by eight, divide by 16, divide by 32, then a 64. And you divide them and sell the fractions of the population are now so split and divided, nobody can unify over anything. Trump was one of those factors they've used to divide a lot of American patriots. My friends listen to me. Don't allow that man to divide you among other patriots that are getting the truth out there and standing firm in your beliefs. You may not agree with everything people say on that topic, but I can tell you one thing. If you are a true patriot, if you are a true American Christian, you agree on a whole lot more than just one silly man that was in presidency that now is running his mouth telling everybody he needs to be voted for again when he literally left us and failed us at the very end. Remember that, my friends. What do you think, Dad?
1: Wow, that was really well said. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's true. It is. It's correct. I mean, Donald Trump didn't do what he said he was going to do. And he did do some with the energy policies. He did do that. We, we we opened up the pipelines. We did all kinds of stuff. And we were basically oil was back way down. I mean, we were self we are energy independent, which just just basically hamstrung the doggone bankers because they don't want us energy independent. I mean, What we have now, 17 states that are coming in and they're outlawing gasoline engines by 2035. I mean, how are they planning on doing all this? So we don't have a, we don't have the, the grid and the infrastructure set up to charge all these other cars. I mean, it's crazy. And, you know, here's the thing, too. The world should be scared of the church because we have the ability to pray because we have so much power through prayer because of the use of scalar energy when we pray. But these communist, Kabbalist, Luciferian, brown shirts are upon us. Uh, they're bringing death. It you know, may be in the form of a needle, but the battle lines have been drawn. You know, you know, this is the group that basically is coming after us. They're trying to force us into a civil war. One guy that is very well known online, and I'm not going to mention any names, said this past week that it would be good for the United States to fall and for the United States to basically you know, have a purging and a reboot and all the other stuff and basically a destruction of the U.S. And I'm like, why would you say something like that? Well, Because he's probably CIA COINTELPRO because he's trying to push the narrative for the Civil War. I mean you know, here's the thing. You know, Afghanistan was the perfect example. It went on for 20 years. If we have a civil war in the United States, which I do not want, all right, it could go on for 20, 30 years, and the country's going to be broken up into faction pieces. what's going to happen. And it's not going to be one big nation anymore. It's going to be a bunch of little bitty areas and countries and little municipalities and little groups of counties, et cetera, that are trying to maintain some type of sovereignty and some type of cohesion. It's not going to be what we think it is. And, and this, this woke church, you know, is basically, you know, forced these vaccinations on these churches, uh, they stopped preaching the real Christ Jesus long ago. In many cases, they do not even talk about repentance or sin. Uh, the Bible says, that your yes be yes and your nay be nay. You know, we shouldn't have forced vaccines or forced gay marriage or forced transgenders or forced you know, quarantine groups and camps. The answer is just no. The answer is yes or no. The answer is always going to be no for this. No way we're going to do this. You know, Sometimes I feel that our listeners, Austin— we have more in common with them than we have these quote unquote woke pastors that are running around with these absolutely com- compromised church services that we're having. You know, the Bible says very clearly as far as you know what you do to yourself if you destroy God's temple, He will destroy you. You know, Klaus Schwab has basically told us that he's he's our new creator. He's going to recreate humanity, and we're going to be owning nothing by 2030. And we'll be happy. And now that we've got people coming out saying something big is going to happen on January or September 24th, just in a week or so. And, you know, here's the thing about that. I don't know what's going to happen on September the 24th. But what I have learned is this. Whenever they release dates like that, usually nothing happens. They didn't tell us what they were going to do on September 11th, you know, 20 years ago, did they? It just happened. They didn't come out and tell us some big event's going to happen on that 9-11. So when I hear these things, I just don't listen to them anymore because I've heard it so many times and they're almost always real. And and we get these knee-bending, you know, I hate to say this, beta males with zero authority over themselves or their families or anything in their life, Jesus was not a beta male. You remember the book of Revelation in chapter 19, and it says – starting by 19, it says in chapter 11, chapter 19, verse 11, I saw heaven standing open, and there was before me a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. This is Jesus. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns, and he has a name written on him that no one but he himself knows. He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean, coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword in which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh is his name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, this is the thing that people need to understand. Jesus was not a beta male. He was an alpha. He was an alpha male. And we've got to understand that. And if we understand all of that, we'll realize that he's given us the example of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be going out there and taking hold of what's happening and exposing it and showing the world. We're supposed to remember that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, what I've learned on this podcast is this. When I sow the seed of the Word of God on this podcast, this podcast grows because you guys can get your news anywhere. But we talked about stuff like this this morning. People go, well, I'm not hearing that anywhere else, so we want to listen to the show. And you guys transfer it, give it to other people. And we need to understand that. You know, what do you do if, you're, if, you're, if the scriptures questions your traditions? Remember what happened with this? In the Old Testament, there were traditions of the forefathers and the elders, which led to the writing of the Talmud, in which they were nullifying the word of God for the sake of their traditions. We've done the same thing now in the New Testament church. We've allowed our traditions of not saying certain things to nullify the word of God, and we pretend like those scriptures don't exist. But again, as I mentioned earlier, the word of God is the same yesterday, day, and ever. ever. You don't believe that God can heal people anymore? I believe he can. If you don't believe that God can heal people, I'll send you a gift card to McDonald's. I mean, if that's what you want, I mean, if you really want to get sick and die young, eat that kind of crap or drink aspartame or just don't take care of yourself. You know, most people don't read the Bible. They just basically read books of morons and and basically they're they they do not realize that they can't read books like hillary kill clinton wrote. it takes a village and not be twisted up by that stuff you've got to be willing to stand your ground and understand that the more you stay with the word of god the more you embrace the scripture the more you embrace jesus the more you realize that he is the great i am and you can do everything through him the more change you're going to affect you've got to embrace the word you know the more narrow your path will become when you embrace the word of god you know i'm not going to adapt my beliefs To feel good and be woke. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stand with what the word is. And this is something that America has to do. This problem is being done through all these churches that people are adapting themselves to the woke agenda. So they're forgetting what the word of God says. And if you do all that stuff and you do it on an ongoing basis, what you have with at the end is nothing. You have a woke church that is completely powerless. You have a woke church that can't do anything. And you basically have a woke church that refuses to address any issues, and they hide behind the fact that they're not supposed to because of the Johnson Amendment, which was pushed by that pervert, Lyndon Johnson, who was directly, in my opinion, I believe, involved with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And a lot of other people feel the same way. He's the one who was helping the CIA run the drugs out of Vietnam. This guy was a pervert. Watch watch that movie, the one I told you about, Sacrificing Liberty. It's like a three-part series, and if you get that movie and you watch it, you begin to realize very, very quickly that these guys – are not who you think they are and we've got to expose all of these cabalist luciferians by the way uh, one more topic here and i want to turn it back over to austin an astrophysicist physicist, weather expert is saying that climate is always changing and has nothing to do with man <laughs> now i will say pollution has a lot to do with man because of all the poisons that i've seen being pumped into the atmosphere when i was in china and he goes on to say that climate scientists are on the gravy train to secure funds this was an interesting interview and i posted it on the website yesterday it says astrophysicist a meteorological weather expert, Piers Corbin, was recently interviewed by a reporter at RT's Moscow studio about the unusually hot weather seen in many parts of the world this year. With a reporter stating that the standard corporate media line is a clear example of climate change. But but the professor, the astrophysicist, said, Well, climate has always been changing, but we have nothing to do with it. And the reporter then interrupts him and, with an elevated voice, says, Excuse me just a minute. You say this isn't caused by man? This heat wave's heat waves is the worst in a thousand years. And he, the Corbin replied, uh, no, man has nothing to do with it. The only connection is that man is here at the same time as the sun and the moon are doing their things. So I posted this online because I want you to watch it and listen to it because, guys, it's so important that we understand that you know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we need to continue to call out people for what they do and what they are, how they're doing it. A New York judge now has called Hispanic people liars. Gay white man racist and she used the f word and colleagues prostitutes before she was being removed from the bench which I'm glad they got rid of her the court documents her claim but she's still fighting to get her b- b- a job job back ten months later her name was Judge Harriet Thompson and she was kicked off the bench of Brooklyn surrogate court she allegedly targeted co- she allegedly targeted colleagues and litigants with racist and bigoted remarks but the judge claims she is a victim of as a political hit and now she's fighting for her job but she's just a hardcore weirdo. But, guys, listen to me. If we allow people to be put into positions of power and we don't call them out for what they're doing and we continue just to go ahead and endorse them and promote them, we're not going to change anything. That's why it's so important to get involved in your local elections in your local school board elections and all the things that are happening around you everywhere. This afternoon at 3 o'clock, I'm going to another meeting this afternoon with a constitutional attorney who's speaking at one of the local schools. Because I want to have the ability to continue to talk to people about what's going on and trying to help as many people as I possibly can. I love you guys. I really, really appreciate you a lot. You guys are amazing to me. Austin, go ahead and finish it up, my friend, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely.
0: I love the response that, that guy gave. It, we just happen to be here at the same time when the sun and the moon are doing their thing. You can't really sum it up much clearer than that. That's why I've laughed so hard about people that they come out and say, oh, no, the climate change. I said, you do understand that everything changes on this globe on a regular basis. Have you ever looked up tectonic plates? the whole world shifting and moving constantly changing on a regular basis it's not stationary that's a fact and there's definitely no question about it you can simply look from the research and geographical research from earthquakes and so forth and how things change and move and it's constantly changing but somehow suddenly they expect all of us to believe that oh well if you don't turn your ac on and you don't go take a hot shower, and you only drive electric EV cars that we can monitor and control all the time on how much you use them, uh, we'll we'll change the globe. We'll, we'll make everything green. And it'll be all safe and healthy for you. Because remember, it's for your safety and protection. It's for your safety and protection, guys. We're We're, we're doing this. We're locking you down. We're taking everything you have and all of your freedom for your safety and protection. It's because we care about you. And it's the dumbest, biggest, largest lie you constantly hear of in any type of close recorded history and it puts the same one over and over and over again it's not new to this generation of this century it's gone on for thousands of years we're doing this for your safety and protection this is the complete lie the earth is constantly changing that's a fact the weather's constantly changing and now you've got it even worse because now you've got harp and all the other type of Warfare, weather warfare tactics, like the Air Force came out with, you know, 30 years ago they talked about it. And I've continually told people about it. A lot of people don't even realize uh, anything about that. I was talking to a guy a while back ago and uh, he was arguing with me almost about the fact that the government doesn't have the ability to change the weather. And I'm like, are you joking me right now? I said, back in 1997, there was basically a con- – Geneva, they consigned the Environmental Modification Convention. They talked about using weather warfare in Vietnam. Said, this goes way back, all the way to the 60s. And I said, then if you start looking at the Air Force and all the research that they have done, they talked in detail about it in 1996. They talked about weather warfare and artificial weather technologies basically to control stuff that they were in development. In 96, they talked about they were in development, and they've already been using them in the 60s and 70s. Yes, the stuff's very real. Yes, it's very effective. It works. They can change stuff any way they want. I remember back in 2004, we had three hurricanes cross over Polk County. You can look at them on a photo. There's a graph that was online about it. One came from the west, crossed over Polk County. The other one came from the east, made a dead straight X on Polk County. Then another one came up from the south and went basically northeast and crossed over in the middle. All of them crossed over right in the middle of Polk County, which is the middle of the state, the county that we live in, right on top of us in a six-week period. They said the statistical probability of that was like having dozens of people win the lottery all at the same time. Couldn't happen. Literally could not happen from a from a statistical probability standpoint that all of them hit the X three times in six-week period. Doesn't happen. But yet it did happen. And that's when I finally realized and got an eyeful. And it was horrific back then. You know, power was out for over a week. Everything was flooded. There were trees down everywhere. We're chainsawing and hauling stuff all week long. And that's when I got a real eyeful about why it's so important to be prepped and have backup water and have water filtration. And basically have backup food and some MREs and stuff you can use and have generators. And a lot of people in Florida got that eyeful. And it's funny now that so many people are moving down here moving here from so many other states because they want to be in a free state and nobody realizes how chaotic this state can be from the gator bitings all the time and the gator killings and the water moccasins and the hurricanes and all the other wild stuff i mean we're one side away from being an island basically a swamp in most parts of florida if you've actually been to real florida and not just the subdivision you're looking at a house in and it's ironic to me that People continue to say, well, weather warfare is not real. doesn't exist. We're watching it exist in real time, and they're using it as a tool to continue to tro- control people's narrative. Also, too, in other news, I was talking about fast food earlier. I saw this article earlier, and I've noticed this as well, and this is actually becoming very common. I'm not a fan of fast food. I don't eat fast food. However, I did work at Steak and Shake for quite some time, over a year and a half, almost two years, when I was in college working serving tables, local Steak and Shake. Actually made decent money in college at the time, got good shifts, got, you know, kind of seniority over there. And I've always told everybody, I think everybody in college, when they're younger, they need to wait tables. It'll humble you real quick and make you realize about how to sell and also teach you about how to do customer service and being respectful. And basically your pride means nothing anymore. Somebody needs something right now. It's okay. I got it. Yes, sir. Done. You take care of the customers and they can take care of you in most cases. Well, that world's starting to stop. That entire thing is becoming almost a dinosaur. They're saying – now this article that came out from Slate.com Business, take your fries and leave. Why fast food is ditching the dining room. And it goes on to detail here now how there's so many different places. Even there's a photo of Taco Bell on the front page, and there's literally like – it's like a drive through bank. There's like four drive-through lanes, and the Taco Bell is located over the drive through lanes where the entire kitchen is. And there's basically uh, people up there that are moving food, and there's the kitchen. And they basically run food down and it goes down in this conveyor air belt like you see at banks when you put, you know, you're checking and it sucks up and comes back down. And that's becoming the new normal. They're saying that basically going to a place and sitting down or being served and being waited on is basically part of the past now. And this was all designed during COVID. Remember I told you before COVID happened, McDonald's started to run those kiosks out. They started having all these kiosks. There's no servers there in a lot of the stores. And I said, you watch and see. They're going to roll this. Because remember, all these stores, Taco Bell, super, super global Illuminati style. I all mean, they're, 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 oh, the stuff they put in their commercials is horrific. McDonald's, Burger King, they're all owned by the same people. BlackRock's usually at the top of the list on all of them. They know what they're doing. They don't want people being able to have jobs where they can even make minimum wage. They want to push the standard welfare system. where Basically, everybody has basic income, basic standard income, and nobody has to do much of anything except collect a couple thousand dollars a month, sit at home, watch their TV, be good little peasants and do their job. That's all they want. They don't want people being successful, having goals, having drive, having dreams, having ambition, starting their own business. They want everything to be very, very slimmed down. Very, very tight, highest ROI possible on all aspects, and that's exactly what they're doing right now. So it's sad to me to see that because I think working and serving tables and working at a restaurant is a good place, especially for younger kids. The problem is now this younger generations so entitled they don't want to do anything. They don't want to pick up a mop. They don't want to serve a burger. They don't want to wait a table. All they want to do is they expect their checks, and that's what COVID again was another reason completely designed to do is to get people used to getting checks every month and getting you know so their their unemployment every month and having their mortgage deference and their rental deference, and again it's made this generation even lazier. Don't let your children be lazy. Continue to grow them up strong, my friends. Good little Christian Americans. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Healthmasters.com. Lots of stuff on sale right now. Total rest on sale. The Ultimate D3K2. The top of the website on sale right now, along with the Joint Rebuilding. as product of the week. Incredibly good product. Help out with overall joint health. Be sure to check it out at 10% off right now. Product of the week. And vote for what you want to see Wednesday. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And I'll talk to you again on the show tomorrow as always you <laughs>